Folks, I'm also excited to announce that this podcast is brought to you by RX Bar. You've heard me talk about it in the show, um, but now it is official. So this episode is brought to you by the company I work for, RX Bar. Uh, if you haven't heard of us, you know we make most we're most well known for making protein bars with core ingredients right on the front. So you might have seen them before. They have the amount of egg whites, you know, nuts, dates. Uh, all the information of our core ingredients right there on the front of the packaging, uh, simple ingredients and um, bright colors is really the way I always like to explain it to people. Um, they have 12 grams of protein made with real simple food. We have indulgent chocolate sea salt, rich peanut butter and chocolate and tasty blueberry. But those are only a few. We've got thousands. No, just kidding. But with 17 flavors, there's plenty to choose from at rxbar.com. Rx Bar, simple good. And that's that's the uh, ad they wanted me to say. But I also wanted to go a little bit off the script. Um, you know, I've been at RX Bar now for almost three years. I have been, you know, into the health and wellness space for a while. And when I stumbled upon RX Bars for the first time, it was one of the, you know, first brands that I ever came across where they actually put the shit on that's in the packaging, the food you eat on the front. And, you know, after working there for three years, getting to know the founders, uh, you know, the executive team and working closely with all of them, um, it's it's really true. You know, the last main core ingredient we put on the front is no BS. And obviously, we all know what that stands for, but it's true. It's it's the way we operate as a company. We are very transparent and we don't lie about what we do and we don't lie about what goes in the food. So for me, it's been an amazing journey working at RX Bar, and I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast. So, you know, everything in the RX Bar has a purpose, and that's something that I think really resonates with me. I mean, our egg whites are for protein, nuts are for texture, dates are to bind the bar, and everything is in there for taste. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast, Simply Finance with Shane White. Um, this has kind of been a dream of mine to finally start this and I'm and pumped to have their support. So everyone, if you want to check out, um, rxbar.com, I will add the link in the show notes. And of course we don't have just bars at this point. We have got lots of delicious and healthy products, including minis, which are smaller versions of our adult bar. We've got kids bars. We've got layers bars, which, uh, are this decadent combination of an RX bar with nut butter. Um, we have nut butters, uh, which come in single serve and multi serve, uh, and we have oats. So all of them come with simple ingredients. Um, they have, you know, the core ingredients on the front. It's it's the main component of our packaging, and really the way we go to market. So would love for you guys to check it out. If you want to check out any of our products, you can go to rxbar.com and, and use code REALFOOD, R-E-A-L-F-O-O-D, 20 for 20% off all online purchases. So thanks, RxBar, for being a part of the podcast, and our show will be up right after this. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Before I get started, I just wanted to hop on here and let you guys know that today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's going to be a lot like my earlier episodes, uh, you know, episodes 20s through 30s uh, into the 40s, really. Uh, so no, no one else is on the podcast today. I'm not interviewing anybody. It's just me. And we're going to be talking about the stock market and COVID and how all of this today, you know, today is October 14th, 2020, how it's going to impact 
uh, my prediction on how it's going to impact your stock investments over the next couple of years. So if this is not something that you're interested in listening to and you'd like to go back and hear some more interviews, there are plenty, but I just wanted to give you guys a little heads up before we jumped into this episode. So without further ado, I'm up next. What's up, everybody? Um, I am here live by myself. Today is October 14th, 2020. And, you know, I I don't have a guest this week. Um, I got some great ones coming up over the next couple weeks. And so instead of not posting a episode for this week, I thought, well, why not jump back on here and do an episode similar to the types of episodes that I used to do uh, back when I was just getting this podcast kind of off the ground. And what I mean by that is today I'm going to really go into a little bit of my uh, my beliefs and my suggestions really on how you should think about the stock market and your stock investments over really the next couple of years. Um, and really I'm framing this up because of some COVID vaccine updates that came out today with the World Health Organization. And it really made me stop and think. I think one of the funny things about COVID for all of us is, you know, I I was telling my wife this the other night, I I will never forget sitting on the couch in March uh, one night. And actually me and my wife, we don't know for sure because it was before the COVID testing was widely available, but we actually felt like we had it. We had all those symptoms. It took multiple weeks to get over. It was just really odd. You know, I've, I've been sick plenty of times. I don't get sick often and I definitely don't get sick for that long. And so, you know, who knows, maybe we had it, maybe we didn't, but I remember sitting there still not feeling great. And I'd been working from home, uh, for actually a week because I got back, felt like shit was like, I'm not going to go into the office during all this. Like it was starting to get fired up the whole COVID thing. And so I was like, I'll work from home. And then when I got sick, they asked me to stay home for a little while. And then the rumor started coming out about the country shutting down and all this stuff. So I, that was, you know, the beginning of my work from home and that was in March and now we're in October. And when I started doing this podcast right around then, um, you know, I would have never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting here in the middle of October and number one, I'd still not be back in the office in Chicago. Um, I would have never thought we would still be doing a lot of the things with social distancing and, um, you know, dealing with this environment. And obviously, if you knew all that and you knew how long this was going to last, you could kind of, you would have gotten a huge leg up and you would have. Um, you know, bought and sold the right things in the stock market, but that's not reality. And so if I jump over to the news today, um, the World Health Organization essentially came out and announced that for healthy young individuals, which I would call that myself, I'm 28, uh, I'm healthy, no underlying health conditions, you know, exercise, eat well, don't smoke, that type of stuff. Um, they are estimating that for someone like me or my wife to get the vaccine, it's going to be well into 2022. And, you know, I haven't really stopped and thought about it too much. You know, I, I keep an eye on the vaccine information in the news. Obviously, it's very politicized these days uh, with the upcoming election in November. And, you know, I, I try not to get too ate up about it because, you know, until there is one, until there's real evidence that we should all have it and take it, you know, it's kind of hearsay and it's, it's a, it's a sound bite in the news. But what I thought was interesting is if, okay, how can we tie this to 
you know, the stock market and investing and, and simply finance, right? Like I think this has a huge impact on a lot of the things that we talk about on here. So a couple things, um, 2022 obviously feels like a long ways away. Uh, it'll be here before we know it. 2021 is right around the corner, but I do think if what the world health organization is estimating is accurate, um, there's going to be a wide range of impacts on the stock market. Uh, especially if now they're thinking that it, you know, and who knows, it depends who you're talking to, but the world health organization at least believes that it'll be in a 2021 before we even get, you know, the, the vaccine to frontline workers, to first responders, to the elderly, um, and those with underlying health conditions, which will be the first. So if I think of it like on a timeline, you know, I'm thinking 2021 will probably be the year we finally get a vaccine. You know, it'll be the year that there's a lot of, um, you know, political arguments globally on who should get it first and how and how that's decided by country and by, you know, demographic and age and all that stuff. And yeah, I, I, I to think, you know, it'll be into and who knows how late into 2022 before maybe it's available to me. And by that point, you know, I'll be turning uh, actually turning 31. So it's kind of crazy to think. I turn 29 here in a couple of weeks and then, you know, by the end of 21, I'll be turning 30. So I might be, you know, north of 30 before this is available to me, which is, you know, I'm actually hadn't thought about that until I'm thinking out loud right now. So it's kind of creepy. But if that is the, if that is the reality, um, you know, what does that mean for the stock market? And I'm going to start off with, you know, stocks that I think I'll start off with the you know, the negativity here, but the stocks I could really lose it all. And you know, maybe not all these companies I'm or you know industries I'm about to walk through are gonna necessarily like be gone. Um, but I think you'll see them shrink. You'll see the ones with really strong cash positions, and when I say that, it means you know literally cash on hand or or uh, you know short term investments that they can sell quickly to get cash. Um, if you think about a business in general, and we've we've hit on this in earlier episodes, but you know a business is as good as the cash it generates, right? So. You know, you sell something for $10 and then at the end of the month, you got to pay rent, you got to pay your payroll, you got to pay for benefits, you got to pay to keep the lights on and you got to pay for the cost or whatever it is you sell, right? And so during <clears throat> during normal times, you know, people do more borrowing and, um, you know, sales are up and up. And, and, and for a while, a lot of businesses were on that up and up for years. So the worry around cash when times are bad um is evident, but when things are going really well, it's usually not talked about quite as much in a lot of industries. In today's environment, you know, if you think about without getting too technical today, you think about a PL or an income statement, a profit and loss. It's basically, you know, that we've walked through these before. And if you'd love to learn more about a PL, uh, you can go back to an earlier episode. I, I don't know which one off the top of my head, but we have talked about them before. Um, you know, companies, um, that are generating a lot of cash in a profitable way are in better cash positions, right? You're, if you're, if you're at the end of every month, you're barely breaking even, but with how much you're spending versus how much you're making, um, that can only last so long. And then when something like this happens, like a pandemic, um, a lot of these companies now are either burning cash. So they're, they're spending more than they're bringing in, um, or they're having to borrow or in some of these industries actually, you know, for, for the first few months of this pandemic got saved. And by saved, I mean, they got a ton of cash from the government and they got this it was called a stimulus checks was which a lot of us got or a lot of citizens got 
Um, but the but these major corporations and industries got huge checks worth you know billions of dollars in some cases. So what's crazy is that happened once. Uh, people thought this might last a few months, if you remember that back in the early days of all of this. Um, and now we're getting to the point where it's it's not just months; it's probably going to be years for some of these. And the reason I brought up at the beginning. It's crazy to think for myself, being a young individual, um, that in 2022, that could be when I get the vaccine. That means a lot of these things that I haven't been able to do because of COVID that I thought I was going to be able to go back to doing might not actually happen for a very long time. And, you know, now they could go back to some degree, right? There's going to be some people that continue to do some of these things even through COVID. And, you know, nothing against them. But there's probably a, most of us that are, you know, traveling less, we're flying less, we're going out to eat less, you know, we might even be driving less, we might be shopping less. Um, the longer this goes on, the less these types of companies can hold on. Um, you know, they're going to, I don't think the government can continue to fund these industries like they did originally. Again, we've gone into it on this podcast, but that money just doesn't come out of thin air, right? It's it's created, it's inflating our cash around the country. Um, and it's all, it's really, a, it's borrowed and um, it's not real. So the stocks that I, I want you guys to all kind of keep an eye on, they're, they're stocks that a few months ago I was really bullish on. Um, if you guys remember, and if you look at the COVID stock market rebound tracker, and just to reiterate, the the whole consensus of this podcast is that I'm always going to be real with you guys. You know, I'm not going to lie and, and tell you that I, you know, called things right when I didn't. Um, you know, one of the things that's been interesting is the companies that I did actually invest in and I'm holding on to. And I still think, you know, if things turn around and we get a vaccine and things happen faster, I think buying them back when the, with the COVID impact really happened back in March and April, they'll be great investments over a long term. And I'm going to hold on to them and hope that's the case. But the stocks that I think Today, if you're someone just getting into investing or you're trying to put more money into positions um, that you want to keep an eye on are, you know, cruise lines. I, I think in reality, a large boat full of people going back out into the ocean um, and being in close quarters is probably not going to be a popular thing for years. I really don't think so. I, I would be shocked to to see that be different at this point. Um, you know, if you're... If you're young and you're not really worried about it and you can wear a mask inside, uh, it's possible. It's possible people start to do that stuff again. Same with airlines. I think some people, you know, people are flying again for personal use for the most part. I think a lot of business travel is still halted. So airlines is the other one that I would really be cog cognizant but careful about putting too much money in at this point. You know, I'm down a lot on the airline stocks that I invested in. Um, but that's okay. You know, I, I'm going to hold on to them for a long time. My hope is that all of the ones I think I'm in United, I'm in American, I'm in Southwest and Delta. So all four of those, my hope is that they all can hold on and out, outlast this. Now, is there a chance that any of them go bankrupt? Oh, I, mean, I shouldn't say hundred percent, a very high, high percentage chance that that happens. And if that happens, then yeah, the investment I made will have been a, for probably for the most part have been a waste. Um, and been a bad investment, but you know, it's okay. You know, you learn through investing, you learn over time, 
the strategies that work, the ones that don't. And we're coming across something that hopefully is a once in a lifetime thing. So those two for sure, cruise lines, airlines, um, you know, I'm very bearish on now. I think especially thinking it could be 2022 before, you know, people my age get a vaccine. You know, I think a lot of what we're used to seeing as far as travel could be totally changed and it could have impacts for well beyond 2022 if people's, you know, if people are used to not doing it, um, it'll be interesting to see if people just jump right back to it once they can get a vaccine. So that's cruise lines and airlines. The other one I'm really worried about is uh, restaurant chains. If you've been paying attention to a lot of the COVID news over the last few months, uh, the one thing that's been very interesting and consistent is rates are spiking up again. And we're in the middle of October. Um, you know, the health professionals that I pay attention to are really worried, to be frank, that we're seeing spikes way earlier than we should be in the fall. And what that could mean is that when it starts getting cold and it's harder and harder to kill this virus outside, that we could actually run into um, much larger spikes um, this coming winter month, these winter months upcoming uh, than we've ever seen for COVID. So worse than we saw in the spring. And if that happens, I'm very worried about restaurant chains because a lot of the restaurant chains that you can invest in, um, you know, they, they're getting by right now. Obviously occupancy has been weighed down. Um, they've had outdoor seating. Um, but as things get cold, you know, a lot of the parts of the country, you know, I'm in Chicago, there's no chance in hell that we're going to go sit outside of a restaurant. Um, you know, even soon it's getting cold this week and we're in October. So I think a lot of the outdoor eating and sitting, uh, for a lot of these restaurants are going to be in a bad spot here sooner than later. And then if things get worse, there's a chance that they're not going to allow either enough people to keep the lights on, uh, inside, or it could get bad enough that they all together are going to have to close down restaurants again. I mean, it's very, very possible. Now the question becomes, and again, this is very a political perspective, but really depends on what the state and federal government regulations look like. You know, I think as we all know, the very first um, round of closing the country down was pretty widespread. It was pretty extreme and fast. Um, and then people slowly but surely started opening back up. And, um, you know, I think everyone probably to some extent agrees that we closed everything down maybe too aggressively. It did kill a ton of business. There are businesses that are, you know, that are gone now forever because of that. But at the same time, we didn't know how serious this was. And, um, so it's hard, it's hard to know at this point, but again, I'm bearish on restaurant chains. I think if you follow any restaurants or like food delivery services that do a good job of either having pickup or delivery to your house, those though, I think are great opportunities to look at. Um, because those ones, people are doing more of that. I would say, um, you know, people are more willing, people still don't want to necessarily cook any more than they did before the pandemic. And I haven't, I don't have data on that, but my assumption is that that whole thing hasn't changed too drastically. And so, um, there's a chance that if you can get on, you know, any company that does food delivery, you know, Uber, uh, DoorDash, anything, I don't, I don't even know if DoorDash is public. Um, but getting behind companies that are in that kind of, uh, sphere could be a great move for a lot of you. Um, and then the last one I'm worried about is retail. So the reason I say that is, you know, people have been able to go back to shopping to some degree. Um, but if you're a brick and mortar store, I think if this goes on into 2022 and beyond, 
um, brick and mortar is going to have some major issues, um, especially in the colder months in the areas that are cold in the winter. I think again, just like the restaurant chains, we could run into some, some rough patches of, first of all, people don't want to leave their houses as much in the winter because it's so cold. And if you have to then go out and potentially wait in a line and you have to wear a mask and if, if the cases spike again, it's going to create a scenario where people I think are just going to not be willing to go out and deal with that. So that's really, that rounds out the stocks that I think could lose it all or the stocks that I'm very bearish on or not confident in. Let's flip over to the stocks I think are going to win. And so, like I said, with retail, uh, you know, it's, it's an area that I'm, I'm worried about on the flip side, what I'm extremely excited about. And I think a great place for you to think about investing is e-commerce. And we've talked about this, you know, till I'm blue in the face during COVID, but, um, you know, everyone's buying more online. Online sales have been through the roof. Companies that don't have an e-commerce presence are the ones that are hurting the most. And the companies that have an e-commerce presence are seeing that uh, take off. So companies like Slack, Zoom, Shopify, and then honestly, any company who does have a selling component online, you know, especially if there's someone who's a leader, like in the retail space, for example, like I know Lululemon does really well. They've, they've had crazy e-commerce spikes this year. I personally have bought things on their website and, and before I probably would have just gone in the store and they're a good example. Great e-commerce platform, great customer experience online. Those are the companies that I'm looking at and I'm really bullish on. If you have a great platform that works on your computer, works on your phone, works on your iPad, you know, can do all that. I think those are set up to win. Some obvious ones I'm going to name off here, but the reason I continue to say them is during this crazy time where there's not a lot of knowns, I have been dumping money into all of these stocks consistently. Okay. And, and I've talked about on here, the concept of partial shares and I use Robinhood. And if you want to check it out and, uh, you know, get your investing journey started or even switch, um, I do have a link in the show notes that, um, will get you a free stock when you sign up. And so like things like Amazon, um, I mean, they're just through them, through the roof, flying to the moon at this point. Um, Apple, you know, Apple people, the funny thing in this whole pandemic is, you know, there's, there's a lot of areas that are really hurting a lot of people that have lost jobs, but there's also a lot of high paying jobs that are still doing fine and they're doing it remote. So what's interesting is people are still buying products like Apple, you know, they're still spending a thousand dollars on an iPhone. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at, I was looking at the new phones yesterday and I'm like, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to buy these. So I think things like Apple, Netflix, you know, people are going to be stuck at home for a long time and Netflix is just pumping money into um, their streaming service. I mean, it's an obvious one, but Google, um, Disney, you know, Disney announced big announcement this week. They're pivoting um, to be mainly, uh, you know, focused on their streaming service. It goes to show that people are going to be, you know, at home, stuck at home. Um, and you know what, honestly, we've been seeing a lot of movie theater uh, closures in the last couple of weeks obviously not one you want to invest in. And it goes to show on the flip side, things like Amazon and Netflix and Google and Disney, great areas to continue investing in and just keep putting money in over the next couple of years. Really any of the FANG stocks of Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. I mean, those, those ones to me are slam dunks. They're definitely where my portfolio leans. My portfolio definitely leans towards all of those. Um, another one I'm, I'm pumped about is Tesla. You know, if you guys know me at all, if you've listened to any episodes, you know, I'm a big Tesla fanboy. Um, 
but I do think Tesla is, um, they're doing the right things. They're focused on, you know, cleaner, um, transportation, uh, let's not lie. They're sexy cars and, um, they're getting a lot of people excited. I think their, their, um, their ability to attract high end consumers is going to help them in this environment. And they're one of the few industries that I would say that about, um, you know, this next one I'll go into is kind of the flip side of this, but you know, Tesla, uh, they're just doing a lot of smart things. I believe in Elon and in his ability to continue to innovate. He's one of the best innovators of our generation. So uh, I don't like to bet against him and I don't like to bet against that brand. They've seen incredible growth this year. Uh, I think it's another one that you can invest in. I think they're going to be, they're going to continue to be a disruptor in the automotive space. And now we're all driving, we're all driving less, I would have to imagine. But people like me, I used to never drive a car ever because I was always riding my bike to the train train to downtown Chicago, walking from the train to the office. And now I drive to the grocery store or drive to this or that during the week, way more than I ever was. So I don't know. I think automotive uh, is going to be okay to a degree. I think people are driving less though. And so in general, I think, you know, people who normally would have gotten a new car every year and traded in their old one or, um, you know, get a new car every couple years or whatever, I think a lot of that's going to slow down because you're just not going to put, not going to be putting the miles on the cars like you used to be. All right. And so the last one is food brands. These are ones that I'm also confident. Yeah, obviously I work for our X bar. You guys know that. Um, but it's been interesting to see this year that actually the food brands like Kraft, Hormel, and even Kellogg, uh, who owns our, our company, RX, um, you know, they are doing really well this year because they're creating food that, you know, people are bringing to their homes, obviously, which is, you know, that consumption's gone up. And they're also creating food that as a whole are cheaper. So the opposite of what I'm saying about Tesla has been interesting in food is that people are gravitating towards cheaper food options. Um, people are not only eating more food in their house, but I think they're trying to save money on food. So you know, when t- times are tough, that's a pretty co- that's a pretty common thing is to see food spending decrease in general. So those are the ones that I think have a good chance of winning over the next year to two years. Um, but really, where I want to end this is, you know, this whole year has been a reality check, a reset button, whatever you want to call it, for life, for work, and it probably for a lot of you has been f- the same way for investing. And you know, I think I laid out quite a few ideas here, but something I'll just like put as a spark in all of your brains as you listen to this is, you know, what's going to be popular? What's going to pop if this continues through 2022? You know, what are the trends? What are the things that people are going to be spending money on and spending more time either with or on or a service they're doing because this continues? I think we all know how our lives have changed in the short term, but are things, new things going to pop up? Are things that maybe haven't been quite as popular that have gotten some popularity during COVID going to, you know, explode over the next couple of years. If you can think of some of those, like that's where my head goes is like, what are those gems that we're not thinking of, not talking about, you know, that haven't stood out to me, but will be a part of our lives for um, probably a long time after this. So give it a thought. Uh, if you want to hop over the link in the show notes, um, 
is there for the COVID stock market rebound tracker. Again, that's where I keep an eye on, you know, all the companies that I'm looking at, the stocks I'm either invested in or thinking about getting invested in. So give those a look. And uh, thank you for listening. This was a fun one. I, I like to kind of take a step back. Um, you know, getting people on this podcast to interview takes a ton of work and I have loved every second of it. I can't believe the, you know, the amount of people that have been willing to come on and talk. Um, and I have some amazing guests in the pipeline coming up that I cannot wait to uh, share with you guys. But these are fun. You know, this type of podcast uh, is what kind of got it all started for me. And this is what uh, got the podcast rolling. So this is episode 71, which is crazy that we cracked 70. Um, and thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. If you like this, please let me know, whether that's on social or if you know me, let me know personally. And um, I appreciate it. So thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful. I hope this gave you guys some ideas about your own investing through COVID and with the new vaccine updates. And we'll be back soon. Uh, we, Like I said, we have some really good guests coming up. And um, hope you guys love it. So thanks again for listening. This was a blast as always. And I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Have a good one.